This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. The Prime Minister has been attending the annual Munich Security Conference, where the prospective Russian invasion of Ukraine is very much at the top of the agenda. Sophie Rayworth caught up with Boris Johnson yesterday, following a speech he made warning of the disaster that war would bring. Johnson said he still believed Vladimir Putin was ready to orchestrate such a crisis at any moment. I'm afraid that that is what the evidence points to, Sophie, and there's no uh, burnishing it, there's no hiding it, the... The fact is that all the signs are that the the plan uh, has already, in, in some senses, begun. That's what uh, our, our American friends think. And uh, you're seeing these provocations now in, in Donbass. You're starting to see this uh, these explosions and so on that we've, we've been warning about for a, for a long time. And I'm afraid to say that the the plan that we're seeing is for something that could be really the, the biggest war in Europe since 1945, in, just in terms of sheer scale. Uh, you're looking at um, uh, not just an invasion uh, through the east, through the, through the Donbass, but uh, according to the intelligence, intelligence that we're seeing, coming down from the north, down from Belarus, and actually encircling uh, Kiev itself, as, uh, as, as Joe Biden uh, explained to a lot of us last night. And you know, I think people need to understand the, the sheer cost in human life that that could entail, uh, not just for Ukrainians, but also for, for Russians and for, for young Russians. And that's, that was the point that I was trying to make uh, earlier on in my speech today. President Putin has around 150,000 troops massed on those borders. He has the attention of every Western leader already. There are already questions about whether Ukraine could ever join NATO. Hasn't he won already? I think that he's certainly got everybody uh, fixated on, on this question, but, but no, he hasn't, because uh, what matters is the sovereignty uh, and independence of, of Ukraine. And ultimately, that is still uh, for uh, Ukrainians to determine. And what we don't want to see is a, a, a violent invasion that would take away one of the most important gains of, of my lifetime, uh, which was the creation of a, of a Europe whole and free. Tomorrow, the government is expected to announce its plans to remove all COVID restrictions for England. Rayworth asked Johnson if the government might be moving too fast. Let's talk about COVID. Uh, the people who run the NHS say it's too soon to scrap mandatory self-isolation for people who test positive for COVID and, and to scrap free COVID tests. Why are you ignoring them? I think it's very important that we should remain careful and we're certainly not asking people to throw caution to the winds. Uh, COVID remains you know, a dangerous disease, uh, particularly if you haven't been vaccinated. But we've now reached a stage, thanks to the, uh, the efficacy of the vaccine rollout, particularly the booster rollout, uh, which we did voluntarily, by the way. You know, if you compare um, most other European countries, it was amazing what the British people did. Um, we've reached a stage where we think you can shift the balance away from state mandation 
away from banning certain courses of action, compelling certain courses of action, uh, in favour of, uh, of encouraging... Is there, is there a danger, we, is there a risk that we lose the early warning signs by getting rid of free testing? I, I don't want to... I want to make sure that we have a capability to spot stuff and to snap back up as fast as, as we, as we what need does to. That, what does that mean, capability? I think we need, we need resilience, but we don't need to keep, for instance, on testing. Uh, we don't need to keep spending at a rate of £2 billion a month, which is what we were doing in, in January. But how are we going to spot it if we're not testing? Because we will be testing uh, at a much lower level. But, you know, I'm afraid what we can't do is continue with the... Uh, the as, as the number of cases uh, diminishes and uh, certainly the number of, of patients in hospital is, is thankfully uh, coming down now, the number of cases in, in ICU certainly way, way down, uh, we're, in a different, we're in a different world. Do you rule and, out ever and having... And I think, I think it, is, it is important that um, people should feel confident again and that uh, people should feel able uh, to go back to work in the, in the normal way. I do want to see our, our country... Uh, really getting back on its feet. Unsurprisingly, one of the issues brought up was the police investigation into Partygate and the questionnaire that the Prime Minister has been asked to fill out on the matter. Rayworth was not easily deflected from the topic. I can't comment about a process that's currently underway, and, and I won't. It isn't, a, it isn't a process underway. It's something in the future. The police are looking at something that has happened. I'm asking you about something that is in the future, because once the police come back and they tell us what happened and whether or not you broke the law, whether or not you will be fined, at that I'm, point, I'm you will have to decide. Nothing would give me greater pleasure than to, uh, you know, give you full and detailed answers to all this stuff. I genuinely can't because uh, we've got we've got a, a process underway. There is there is there is not a not a jot I can say until it's done. You could you can answer it though. I mean, you're choosing not to. No, a, it doesn't prejudice anything. The police. There's well, no there's no jury involved. It's not a there's not a court trial. It's it's the police. It's a process, and you have handed in your questionnaire, so that is done. But you're obviously choosing not to. Were there parties in your flat during lockdown? Can I just respectfully, humbly, and, and you know, uh, with all... I, I, I can't say anything more about this until the, the process You've is complete. said... It will, be, it will be complete in, I hope, uh, a reasonably short time. In the meantime, uh, what uh, we're focused on uh, is, and, and quite ruthlessly, is trying to bring the world together at an absolutely critical moment... Rayworth also interviewed the Shadow Health Secretary, Wes Streeting, asking him about the government's plans to end COVID restrictions. We want to see the government publish the scientific advice because at the moment this seems very premature. It seems like Boris Johnson is keen to declare victory before the war is over in the hope he gets some headlines about, you know, victory day on COVID instead of police officers asking I'm, questions about actions in number but 10. I'm still not clear whether you think they're doing the right thing. Do you support the fact uh, that they're, they're not going to continue this legal requirement? Uh, uh, at, at this stage, it doesn't seem responsible to, on one hand, um, go for all these headlines saying we're ending the legal requirements stay at home, but on the other hand say, but there's guidance that you should still do that at the same time as removing the testing. So the question about whether it's a legal requirement, whether it's guidance is a largely secondary issue. The key thing is that people have access to free testing, they know their status and they do the right thing by staying at home, which means they also need access to the right level of sick pay to do the right thing. 
and frankly, it's negligent that the government haven't acted already on, on that issue too. But it is a very crucial point, isn't it? It's a big moment if you stop the legal requirement to self-isolate. So if you, It is if a big you, moment. I think we were, want to but, see the scientific advice behind it because so, I'm not clear that, that, so you that think scientists are calling for okay, it. OK, so you, you don't think it's the right thing to do right now? Well, our position all the way through has been to follow the science, work constructively with the government where we can. I'm not clear that the scientific advice supports this. The Prime Minister's got... 24 hours or so before he makes his statement to convince us. So you should ask him when he comes on what scientific advice he's following in order to make this decision. If he's following scientific advice, the Labour Party will do the same. If he's deviating from the scientific advice, then he can't count but on you, you know, You know what the scientific advice as well is. And so if you were Health Secretary now, if you were Prime Minister now, would you, would you be ending this requirement or not? Well, well two things. I don't think it's right that we should effectively declare victory before the war is won and have a free-for-all where people don't know their status and aren't required to stay at home even if they do test positive. That's the wrong thing to do right now. Rayworth asked Streeting about recent comments by Labour's deputy leader Angela Rayner that she was hardline on law and order. Angela Rayner said this week that police officers should shoot terrorists and ask questions second. Is, is Labour now a, a shoot first, ask questions later party? Well, she didn't say it this week. She said it um, in an interview with, with Matt Ford Which some time ago. Week, yeah. And very clearly in the context of where you have a live terrorist threat, you know, of course police officers should take immediate action, potentially fatal action, if it saves the lives of others. Uh, and look, I, I make no apology for that, and, and neither does Angela Rayner, neither does the Labour Party. We are very clear about where we stand on tough action on terrorism and doing the right thing to protect the lives of others. And that's the context in which Angela made those remarks. So she was right. She was right to say that. Of course, well, I think it's a plainly obvious, isn't it? If you've got a, I mean, look, Angela's a greater Manchester MP, and we remember what happened in that terrible uh, suicide bombing at the Ariana Grande uh, um, concert. If, if a police officer, an armed police officer, has an opportunity to shoot a terrorist in order to save the lives of others, of course they should pull the trigger. Do you agree with your Shadow Justice Secretary, Steve Reid, that Corbyn's Labour cared more about criminals than victims? Well, I think that's the, per the perception that, that took hold, bluntly, that Labour was seen as not strong enough on crime, which, which is a terrible position to be in, partly because Labour's got a very strong record on crime and policing. Look back to the days of tough on crime and tough on the causes of crime. And, and, you know, crime is an issue that affects communities up and down the country, which, which ought to be at the heart of Labour's concern, so, particularly on issues like antisocial behaviour. So I, I think people can judge from this, the next Labour government will be tough on crime and tough on the causes that's of what crime. I was, is this all part of a deliberate drive to show people that Corbynism is dead? I think the important thing is we show the voters that we got the message when they inflicted the worst defeat on the Labour Party since 1935. And it would be supremely arrogant for the Labour Party to say to the voters, oh, well, uh, thanks for the kicking you gave us, but we've decided we're still right, you were wrong, and we're not going to change. So uh, the, the positions that we've just discussed, whether on tough action on terrorism or, or action to protect communities from antisocial behaviour and other crime, I would describe as mainstream, traditional Labour positions uh, that are sadly we, we deal deviated from for about five years because or so, when, and we're, we're back to that place that when, people expect the Labour Party, demand the Labour Party be in, when, of taking tough action on when, crime. And finally, Sky News's David Blevins spoke to Sinn Féin's Michelle O'Neill ahead of elections to the Northern Ireland Assembly due to take place in May. There's a lot of speculation that you will be First Minister of Northern Ireland and that your party leader, Mary Lou Macdonald, will be the next Taoiseach, the next Irish Prime Minister. If that scenario arises... Do you think that immediately opens the door to a referendum on Irish unity? 
Well, I certainly think that we're closer than we ever have been previously, and I think now is the time to plan. And that's why we're saying to the Irish government, now is the time for them to make the preparation. Let's not fall into the traps that have been fallen into in terms of Brexit. Make the preparation. Let's start to have a healthy conversation about the things that matter every day to people. What does the health service look like in the United Ireland? What does education look like in the United Ireland? So I think that this is a hopeful conversation because our society here has lived apart for far too long. Because if the last couple of years of Brexit has taught us anything, is that the Tories will never prioritise the interests of people here, whether they be unionist, nationalist or other. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman and this podcast was produced by Matthew Taylor. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffee House Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily Evening Blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week. <laughs>